Welcome to the United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. Here, you will learn from powerlifting coaches, gymnastics coaches, CrossFit coaches, nutrition coaches, and strongman coaches. We collaborate and share best practices and want to bring our experience and continuing education to you. My name is Grant. And I'm Chanel. And this is our third episode. And we are going to be talking today about courses, internal courses in your um, training program for coaches, coaching development specifically. So... Something interesting, uh, items that I'm going to be rolling out here as the head coach for uh, Fusion Athletics and wanted to cover some of these things, throw these ideas out into the universe, see if these are some things that you might be doing or might be seeing at your facility or think is a good idea you can steal and implement for your own situation. Um, But also just to communicate like the why of this being important in today's, you know, uh, CrossFit gym situation and why we might want to implement some standardized processes in terms of training our coaches, getting them to a point where, or at least validating them in terms of their ability or identifying where those abilities need to be brought up in specific places so that we can be delivering a high quality and consistent product to uh, to all of our clients who are the most important part of our business. So this is, this is kind of one of those interesting things because CrossFit has gone through some serious evolutions and every gym is different. So uh, in no way am I trying to put out there that this is something that everybody should be doing. Um, it all is based on the, the uh, community and the individual flavor of your, uh, your gym. And but if, if you find that anything here is really um, helpful to you, I hope that you can take some of it and, and roll with it. And if you're part of this community and you're one of the coaches who's about to go through one of these processes, I hope that this podcast can give you a better context of why. Why? Because, you know, as the head coach, you never want to come across as, you know, somebody who's just hazing people to, to put them through a hard time to see if, you know, they can hack it or, or whatever. That's really not the point. It's just to build the best team possible so we can deliver the best training experience for our clients that we possibly can. So um, on a lighter note, what are we, you explain to me, tell me again what we're drinking tonight, what we're enjoying so that uh, the podcasting experience is more fun, Chanel. <laughs> I made a mix of tequila, white wine, um, fresh tangerines that I blended up and some in the Vitamix well, sponsorship from Vitamix, right? <laughs> we'll insert, insert ad here, right? Yeah. With tangerines, white wine, La Croix, La Croix. Uh-huh. what flavor? Oh, um, peach pear. Peach pear. Okay. Peach pear and is a good one. A little bit of lime, the lime flavored one too. Yeah. So we're feeling good. So if none of this makes any sense, I apologize ahead of time. Um, all right. So the first of these processes that we're going to put into place, I ended up calling the coach's basic course. Um, if you can tell, I'm just 
straight up ripping off the army in terms of super dry, uh, very descriptive and not creative titles for things. Um, so here's the situation, right? So we've got a gym where, or a system of gyms actually. So three gyms where we're at, you know, close to over a hundred members, uh, in each facility. And, uh, we want to make sure that we're delivering a consistent, uh, especially elements, but, uh, also class experience and personal training experience to every single one of these, uh, members who are treasured and valued for us. And, the the idea of having a, a course where, you know, if we bring on a coach, a brand new coach who's gone through the internship process and has gotten the thumbs up from, you know, all the other coaches has been welcomed into the tribe. You kind of want a little bit of a primer in terms of, you know, how things are done here specifically, because um, it may not be all that different from the way you did it previously, but uh, it may just need a little bit of a frame adjustment. And what I've seen that can happen in personal experience here too is, uh, you know, a, a perspective adjustment where you think maybe on the initial, like, wow, what, what, man, what this gym does is totally different or weird or strange or not right in the order of things. Uh, but then when you really dig into it and you think about it and saturate, incubate and illuminate on it, um, the, you realize that, uh, it's not all that different. It's just a slightly different shifted perspective. So the coach's basic course is kind of a way of, of bringing in somebody who can, who, who's new, who's done the level one course is ready, fired up to be a coach has been approved by the other coaches accepted into the tribe and is, is just ready to get there. So the situation there is that, you know, our gym is wants those, you know, humble, hungry, and smart coaches to, to borrow from Ben Bergeron's uh, mantra, committed to pursuing virtuosity and overall excellence. You know, the elements are only achieved through rigorous and intensive training. I think um, I'm stealing that a little bit from uh, Jocko Willink is, you know, the, the only key to real professionalism and success is rigorous and intensive training. Uh, and a multi-tiered training protocol must be upheld in order to maintain the highest standard in coaching. Um, and I think that's an important one to instill from, from day one is that when you're making that hiring choice, when you're deciding whether to bring someone into your tribe or not, you need to know if they're willing to meet your standards. Um, and you can tell really quick if you, if you keep those standards high right from the get-go and you don't sugarcoat things for that person, they'll self-identify really quick as to whether they were, man, dude, I was just looking for a, you know, a free membership and, uh, some beer money on the side, you know, tell these people what to do for a few seconds and then I can, you know, Olympic lift in the corner for free. That's, that's a lot of gym situation, but you know, in a lot of instances that doesn't also doesn't deliver the best product to to the clients, not, um, not in line with, you know, what, uh, CrossFit was originally all about. So the mission here is for the, for this coach's basic course that we're implementing is, is to serve as a foundational first step to a newly selected coach's training in the effort to become a part of this coaching cadre, this team, this tribe, uh, it will instill a baseline elements of what our standards demand in a good training experience. Um, and so this is really just a course that new coaches will go through in, in, in a form of modules. And 
it's just going to be uh, mentor led. I'm kind of sealing this from uh, what I am relatively familiar that the, um, you know, the uh, uh, CrossFit seminar staff does is when you're accepted onto CrossFit seminar staff, you are assigned a mentor right from the get-go. And it is this mentor and this mentor group that is going to, you know, be keeping tabs on you and checking in on making sure that, you know, you're learning the things that you're going to need to learn. I think one of the first things that the seminar staff learned to do is the, um, the movement sections. So when you're sitting in the L1 seminar and, um, they're describing the deadlift or the press or, or something like that. And the person's up on the box, the demo athlete and, and that, I think that's one of the first things that they end up having to do. So that would be a process that, you know, they want to make sure CrossFit needs to make sure that no matter which L1 seminar you attend, uh, throughout the world, you're getting, it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly the same, but it needs to be of extremely high quality. It needs to set the bar for excellence. And so that mentor group is meant to do that. Axel does not approve of my ranting. He's moaning in the corner over there. Um, so we kind of want to piggyback on that because they set the standard for others to follow as far as excellence goes. So uh, the idea here is that uh, after that, you know, coach is selected, new coaches are going to get assigned to a mentor coach. Uh, the head coach, unless otherwise assigned, that's me right now. But as the, this grows, we'll get more head coaches. The mentor will lead the new coach through this course and signing off on each completed module. So, you know, I'm going to let, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to put my name on the fact that, you know, I feel this coach learned this and, and got something from it is going to take something forward. Um, it requires a hundred percent participation and the new coach needs to receive a pass in each of those, you know, modules by their mentor in order to get credit for the completing the course. And then, uh, you know, we give a little bit of certificate uh, kind of deal for, for completing it. So um, what we did is we ended up using a, a drive folder and I went through and, you know, essentially what I did is I, I went through and, you know, took my extensive time on, <laughs> on YouTube. Um, I've had the honor and privilege of getting to do a couple of internships with uh, CrossFit seminar staff and in order to prepare for going to do those internships, I went through the bowels of YouTube and cultivated every single video I could possibly find of a red shirt talking about anything and compiled it into playlists, you know, by movement or by, you know, lecture, whether it was lecture or movement and have that organized in there for, for my use, for study, to practice. Cause you know, I wanted to see and repeatedly practice how they did things. And so that's, that's coming in real handy to bring across here. So a lot of these modules just have to do with going through this, this coach's basic course is largely going to have to do with uh, the components of a class, right? So we want to, again, give, doesn't necessarily have to be carbon copy, uh, but it needs to be um, professional, well-delivered and of high quality. And, uh, what we've learned if if we steal from the highest performing elite teams out there is that um, fundamentals and uh, standard operating procedures and then rehearsals ad nauseum uh, deliver the best effect. You don't get necessarily robotic, but what it's doing, the purpose of having SOPs, having a foundation, and then rehearsing con 
constantly is what it does is it frees up your mind to then add your personality in later. So um, we actually just listened to a work life with Adam Grant podcast, which is an excellent podcast. I suggest people listen to it. Uh, it was an episode. The theme was authenticity today. And he was talking about the pros and cons of authenticity and work. And he was kind of taking a jab at, you know, our generation in terms, in parts of it, where he was talking about that, you know, in some instances, authenticity can, can be a double-edged sword in that if you have not proven to your tribe, to your group, that you know what you're talking about, being your authentic self can actually backfire on you um, by just expressing your, you know, whatever you're feeling at the time, no filter. Uh, if they, people don't respect you, if they don't think you're an expert in what you're talking about, you're going to get, you might, it might backfire on you. And so one of the things that the way that ties back in here is very much of what I experienced in, in my internship process with HQ is I realized very quickly that your experience, what they're looking for in a lot of instances is unhideable. It's unfakeable is that have you taught the squat? Have you taught the fundamentals of these nine foundational movements so many goddamn times that you can do it blindfolded, tied up upside down underwater in the dark? So much so that the, the essence of those fundamentals comes out so easily that you can relax when you're there on the spot in that intern t-shirt talking and while being evaluated by that flow master, you're able to, you've done it so many times that it comes out so naturally that your own personality shows through. Because if you don't have that experience, if you haven't done it so many times that it's ridiculous, um, what'll happen is, is if you try to tell jokes, if you try to show your own personality, you will lose your place. You will stumble. You will forget because you haven't learned those fundamentals. They're not part of your bones yet. And so if you, if you tell a joke, if you loosen up for a second, you will stumble, you will forget your place, you will mess up. And it's obvious it's unhideable. Uh, the only way to show that you know, you, you've got it is that you've, it's so natural to your being that you're able to do it. And at the same time, be yourself and express your own personality. And that's, that's kind of the core of what we're going at here with, we want to practice and be so damn good at the fundamental parts of, of teaching a good class that it happens automatically knee jerk for that coach. And so they can then relax and then their real personality will show through. Um, Chanel, <laughs> taking a break from me yakking because that was a long tirade. But um, from your experience coming in as a new coach, can you talk maybe just a little bit to that interesting balance of because because you're you know you came with me over here to Fusion Athletics and there's a there's a different system here, right? So they're using CompTrain programming and there's a syllabus or a lesson plan done up for the workout that day that is detailed down to the letter. And trying to meet that, trying to hit every single point on that lesson plan 
until you've done it probably several thousand times, which we haven't gotten a chance to yet. It's kind of nerve wracking. It almost seems like you can't fit it into the total class time. But I would imagine, as as many of the coaches here who've been here for years would note, after the thousandth time or so, it becomes kind of second nature. You know the components. It becomes part of your mind. You're able to relax, and your personality is able to come out a little bit more. I'm sure you and I, during our internship here, probably came across as kind of robotic because we had rehearsed God knows how many times the night before, nervous as hell for the next day, and then, you know, coming in. So what do you think about that? Definitely. When we were um, our first time running through a couple classes with the new syllabus, um, you're very much just in your head going through a checklist. And it was really hard to kind of be yourself. You're more just like, I'm the instructor. Make sure in my brain I'm going through this checklist. Everybody's doing it. And then when we came back and um, we're kind of doing the crawl, walk, run. I really like to take a class before I lead it, if possible, if I'm not doing the first class in the morning. And once I see it done, that kind of helps me too. After I've gone through it in my head multiple times, I'm running through the timeline. I'm like, there's barely enough time to get through all this. But then I see a coach do it who has been doing it for a long time because I'm still fairly new. And they just make it so smooth and they have like 10 extra minutes at the end to joke and stretch and hang out. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think I'd have enough time to get through this, but they got through it with 10 extra minutes. Um, If I just kind of relax, I've read through it multiple times. I've seen it done now. And yeah, each, each class gets a little easier, but it definitely comes with experience. Yeah. What that experience teaches you, especially is like what parts are important and what parts are slightly less important or malleable might be a better word for it, right? Because at first, it's hard to tell. It's like, oh man, I have to hit every single one of these things exactly this way. But over time, what you realize is the underlying, again, those fundamental components of it and realizing where you can you know, sub in the way you like to teach this thing or or these components where you're still hitting all the points of performance, you're still checking all the blocks, but it's more in your voice and it's more in your tempo. Right. And that's, that comes across as really genuine to the clients in the gym. But I think it, that requires that initial part. Right. And it's kind of interesting because this is kind of where the personal training world and the corporate business success world or the artistic world kind of butt heads a little bit. I don't know. All I can do is speak to personal experience in terms of, you know, when I worked at a Globo gym for a while uh, and I was kind of the cat herder for a lot of personal trainers, what you would see is this kind of dichotomy of, you know, uh, the, the mantra was I'll take a reliable, boring personal trainer over a, brilliant, artistic, but completely unreliable personal trainer any day. Um, neither of those are the right answer. Uh, the global gym model, as we can tell and know, is you know on the um, downslope of professionalism, and we can get the best of both worlds here uh, in CrossFit um, in most aspects. And we want to strike that balance. But it's tough sometimes when you get that person who is brilliant – extremely charismatic, makes friends with anybody in any situation that you put them in, um, but is also extremely hard to nail down in terms of being consistent. You know, those, those two personality traits, the person who is on time, hits every point in a schedule, 
checks every single block and gets really irritated if they miss anything is not usually, not usually the person who is the life of the party and and flying around to each person and best friends with everybody and just can can make a friend and a group in any place you throw them into. So we have this weird situation where we have to try to find a middle ground between those two things with every coach because you need to be both. You can't you can't be so boring. You can't hit every block and check everything, but be so boring that everyone like is sleeping in your class or wants to leave. But you also can't be the life of the party, but not show up to half your classes or be late or you know uh, finish early half the time and not deliver a consistent product. So it's that whole you know um, McDonald's model that we've kind of uh, hauled over where it, it's interesting to see CrossFit gyms now trying to find that balance where like with a lesson plan like we're dealing with, it gives you instructions for every single aspect of that workout which I get and can be important for if we got a new coach and we're training them up and they're trying to get better, that's a really great set of training wheels. That's a really good roadmap to uh, putting on a very satisfactory class. But as you gain experience, as you get better at the situation, then we can loosen up a little bit, ad lib a little bit without losing quality and actually improving value because your personality and your ability now starts to shine through. Um, hey, let me go through this basic course real quick and literally just give you the answers in terms of like how we put it together. And I want to hear your feedback in terms of like what your gym's doing or if you have a better idea of how this could go. I want to hear feedback for it. So uh, the very first thing is a video link for uh, it is a very old, I think it's one of the first CrossFit seminars. Uh, it's of Coach Glassman talking about being a trainer. And I think it's a beautiful, it's one of those uh, videos that if it doesn't kind of like well up a little tear in the back of your eye, you might not be a CrossFit trainer. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just him talking at the original, um, you know, Santa Cruz uh, Research Park Drive gym about being a trainer. And I think, you know, a bunch of it, he's talking about Nicole and like how, you just know she's a good trainer because when you ask her how she gets clients, she goes, what are you talking about? And he's like, all oh, right, fantastic. That's yep. I, I got the answer. <laughs> she's like one of those people who walks into a Starbucks for a, for a uh, tall Americano and comes out with three clients and has no idea why it happened. Right. That's, that's, that's a trainer. And he's kind of talking about the aspects that we're looking for in a trainer in terms of those intangibles that um, you can't explain uh, and you couldn't put into words, but it's it's that thing. It's the ability to just connect with people and be totally invested in their success and not care about much of anything else. So there's that. And then the coach's handbook, which is a document that we've finished up here. And I've just kind of taken best practices from a lot of things that I've seen and put that out for everybody. I want it to be like a little... Uh, a little ranger handbook for the coaches here to where it can hopefully give you a good answer to just not necessarily anything in particular, but just about everything in general. Then the third one is the uh, CrossFit lesson planning course. I really enjoyed that one. I think that that's a, you know, a foundational part of, of putting on a good class is knowing how to draw up a good lesson plan. Um, Backwards planning, right? Learning how to make a timeline and adhere to it and have those components plugged into the right places. 
Um, the next one is a module on the whiteboard. So the whiteboard brief, you know, it's your first impression with your class. It's probably one of the most important things and it sets the tone for your entire class. A uh, recommendation I would have here would be for another podcast called Best Hour of Your Day, which is um, Jason Eckerman and uh, Jason Fernandez, Fern, yeah, Fern, as they like to call them. Uh, fantastic podcast. The audio for a lot of the early episodes is horrific, but the content is amazing, so it's worth it. Just uh, don't listen to it with uh, earbuds or phones in or um, his ads when they come on will explode your eardrums and then you'll never be able to listen to anything again. But the podcast is fantastic. You should listen to it. They have an amazing, I think it's one of their most popular episodes, their whiteboard uh, episode. They do it way better than I ever could. So uh, the module there just covers, I think that their podcast for that is listed in that and a bunch of other things talking about the whiteboard brief and giving a good one. And uh, little notes on that, Chanel, would you mind talking for a second about some of the experiences you've had in terms of your whiteboard briefs and just kind of getting better at it? Some maybe like one or two takeaway points in terms of what you've done to get better at doing it? Uh, practicing it a lot. <laughs> I, I know I kind of read off of something typed or something written for a while to make sure I hit everything. But it was really just doing it over and over and over, practicing a lot beforehand. And then just every time I did it in class, I got more and more comfortable with it. And asking other coaches that were in my class, like, how was that? What do I need to get better at? What was I good at? It's just practice. Practice, practice, practice for me. Every time I, yep. I rehearsed it several times at home before ever doing it in front of the class. If anyone has planted a hidden camera in our apartment, <laughs> what they will notice is a fair chunk of time that they'll get in that recording will be Chanel walking around talking to herself. I'm talking uh, to Axel. Right, most of the time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, she'll never be the one to mention it or talk about it, but Chanel is a or is was is forever a United States Army jump master in the 82nd Airborne Division. And in order to become one of those, you need to be able to give exacting instructions exactly at the same time to a very, very large group of barrel-chested uh, alpha male meat-eating, hard-charging motherfuckers uh, right before you control them in a chaotic situation out of a high-performance aircraft uh, at a violent rate of speed. And if anything goes wrong, they will die. Uh, so every little detail matters, every little bit counts and you have to do it exactly right every single time. And she brings that level of excellence to her rehearsals in terms of delivering an excellent product to people in class. So, uh, if you've ever taken a class with her, if you've ever, um, done one of her sessions, just know that for the hour that you spent with her, she has spent about th tr three times that much, uh, amount of time practicing and rehearsing it ahead of time. And it's a lesson we can all learn from in terms of the amount of rehearsals and practice you should put into your product that you deliver to somebody that you care about should vastly outweigh the actual amount of contact time you have with that person. Uh, and with that note, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to come back with the fourth module or fifth module, rather the, uh, just talking about the general warm up. We'll wrap up the, uh, coach's basic course and then hit the L2 prep course and be done for the day. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a second. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're hitting into the general warm-up module, which 
is not very robust, but the general warm-up is one of those interesting things that kind of goes back and forth, right? So in the situation we're in right now, it's written out ahead of time. I am kind of strongly of the opinion that an experienced coach should actually uh, write their own warm-up for a workout. I think it would be one of those pieces of a, uh, a class that could be customized to the coach that's putting on the class that wouldn't really hurt the overall delivery. You know, we, we obviously don't want the person at the 6 PM class getting a totally different experience than the 6 AM class person, but I don't think the general warmup, um, you know, throws that off, but at the same time gives that coach the ability to give some personal expression. So that's just my opinion. Uh, but, uh, there's multiple, many different ways we can chop this up, but in my approach, anyway, what I usually do, if I am making, uh, a workout or a lesson plan from whole cloth is I will look at the movements for the workout that day and I will categorize them into complex and not complex. So let's say we have snatches and burpees in the workout today. Real simple. Let's make it a couplet. The snatch is going to go into the complicated column and the burpee is going to go into the simple column. And I'm going to create the general warm-up based off of the simple movements. And I'm going to make my specific warm-up based off of the complicated movements. Pretty straightforward. Sometimes you got to fudge that a little bit, but most of the time it works pretty well. So if we got that, then I would just create a general warm-up based around the burpee and improving, warming people up, just getting them going, getting the blood flowing. We're not doing weird technical stuff. I'm not giving a huge amount of cues uh, in terms of really detailed stuff, but it is it is your first impression as a coach on that class's ability to move, right? You can tell really quick who's, you know, it depends on the time of day too, right? If you got the morning crew, man, everyone's just had their, you know, first or second cup of coffee. They're really cold. They're really, you know, tight. They just rolled out of bed, threw their gym shorts on and and rolled into your facility. You got a very different situation to deal with than maybe the 6 p.m. crew who's on their way home from work and ready to eat dinner and uh and catch up on some netflix so you know you gotta you gotta be a smart coach there and adapt to whatever the situation is that you're in but if you follow that if you get those simple movements into the general warm-up and you really pay attention to how those people move uh, it'll give you a good idea of what kind of modifications you need to make to the um, more complicated movements that are coming up in the specific Warm up, and you know, to that note, I mean, it's intrinsic in this general warm up model. And one of the things that I think I copy pasted into here that is just should be up on the refrigerator of every CrossFit coach out there is I believe it's in the level one manual and it's at the end of the lesson planning. When I uh, took the template, which is a great template for a general lesson plan from the L1 handbook. I don't really see any reason to use anything but that. Uh, It has a section in there called um, uh, components of an effective class, I think is what it's called. And it's just this long, you know, uh, dissertation more or less on putting together an effective class. And it has notes in there that are to the effect of, you know, uh, putting on a good workout is not about like showing up two seconds ahead of time, scribbling some random shit on the uh, warm up for the for the whiteboard, and then 
three, two, one, go, guys. Hey, hey, guys, here's your warm up. It's going to be five of this, six of this, and then some of that. And okay, three, two, one, go. And then you go out into the lobby and, you know, chat with your friend or get on your phone and, you know, check your Facebook uh, updates and uh, then check back into them when, when they're ready to learn, you know, the components of the snatch. The general warm up is your opportunity as a coach to get an idea of who's moving like shit that day, who's ready to crush it, and who's new. Uh, you need to be learning names and you need to be, you know, that is work. That is your freebie time to get a pass on, on learning names and figuring out who is struggling today. Because once the workout starts, you're fucked. If you're trying to learn someone's name or any of those other things in the middle of the workout, you're done for. Uh, even in the specific warm-up, because you need to be paying way more attention to what people are doing. In that instance, in the general warm-up, it's way easier for me to assess what's going on and see, ah, Susie, Susie's going to need some love today. Or Tim, Tim's here to throw down. He's ready to go. He's moving great, right? I I can make those assessments in the general warm-up. Already covered the specific warm-up quite a bit. This is just, this is where the more complicated movements go into. This is where the coaching comes in. And again, I would reference you to uh, best hour of their day. I mean, they do a fantastic freaking job with uh, trying to improve coaches. So go watch some of their stuff and their series on YouTube, which I think was called what dropping in or it wasn't open gym. It was dropping in or something like that, where they went around and they visited a bunch of gyms in North Carolina. We lived in North Carolina forever. We never ran into these guys and they're going to a bunch of these gyms that we were like living right near. And now I'm like, ah, damn it. You know, we could have been there for that stuff. But anyway, so they're trolling around North Carolina, dropping in at gyms. And one of the things they note in, if you watch that series, it's a very good series. um, They note uh, the difference between coaching and just chugging people through the class. And guess what? Guess what comes up? over and over and over again is strength biased programming is the gyms they point out multiple times the gyms that try that don't trust their coaches to coach right i mean that's the implied thing there is i don't trust you you're not good enough to actually fill this hour with worthwhile stuff so what i'm going to do is what's called strength biased programming i'm going to smash as much shit into this hour as humanly possible we're going to do a five by five back squat and then we're going to do fran and it's going to take up that whole hour and all you're going to be doing is hurting cats between the rig and the floor And just that's going to fill up that whole hour. So I don't have to worry about you having to actually teach anybody anything. I was going to say, we've been there before and it still feels like you think you're coaching. I mean, maybe they're not doing it on purpose, but you're really more of a timekeeper and a cheerleader. You're just moving them from point A to point B and counting down the time. Um, Yeah. You don't like I didn't realize that's kind of what we were until we've we switched yeah. Different place. You need to ask yourself, another. like, did you actually, it's, it's not enough. It is not enough to say that I got Susie through today's class without hurting herself on the snatch. That's not even the, the status quo. That's not even acceptable. What you need to ask is, did Susie get better at her snatch today? Did her, is her technique improved? Did she make some kind of tangible advancement towards virtuosity? Yes or no? And if you didn't for every single person in your class, then that's deficient. 
and it needs to improve. That was it. I didn't realize until we had people that I really wanted to like help get better. Some classes you have all the people that have been there for a while and you're like, sweet, this was an awesome class. Nobody got hurt. Everybody had fun. I got through everything in the time without going through the time. But then when you like the new year came around, you had new people and you're like, man, I just don't have enough time to teach them how to do this, you know, snatch properly or something. Where's the time to teach them progressions for the snatch? Like it's three, two, one, go. And I just have to give them something totally different to do because I don't have time to teach them. Yeah. 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 And that's where I was like, we need more time. Like we need to do just a Metcon or just a weightlifting portion so I can actually teach these people how to get better and how to learn this movement and not just like time keep and cheerlead. And I'm sure that L1 seminar staff uh, bang their heads off of a brick wall uh, for the number of times that they put it out there, but people don't listen to them is um, heavy days is a huge one. You get a lecture on heavy days at your L1 seminar and you get another lecture on heavy days at your L2 seminar. CrossFit is a strength and conditioning program, right? There are days and it's on CrossFit.com every three to four days. If you're not paying attention, there every every three to four days there is a workout on there that is deadlift one 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 one, back squat five five by five, and that's it. And if you as a coach, well, at the coach's level, if you don't feel like you could fill an entire hour, if I said, "Hey, coach, there's ten people standing over there. Today's workout is five by five back squats. You got an hour. Fill it." And make them all better. Three, two, one, go. If you couldn't, if you can't do that, you need to you need to start soul searching. Um, and as a, a gym owner or a person who manages coaches, if you don't feel confident in the fact that you could write up on the lesson plan five by five back squat on Tuesday for an hour long class, I trust you guys to run this and make everybody better at it and fill that time. There's a problem. Fix it. You have a better like just Fran. Something that yeah. would take like a short amount of time. And you're like, how am I supposed to fill an entire hour with like a five minute workout? Yeah. It's, no. It's, if you're coaching and not just keeping time. Yeah. No, if you take 15 people and you make them better at their thrusters, if you make them better at their pull-ups, if you get somebody their first butterfly pull-up, if you teach someone how to kip, right, uh, you can easily fill that hour without even trying. Uh, and there's so many other things you could plug in there. It's ridiculous. So Anyway, that specific warm-up is really where the time and coaching comes from. That long tirade and, and, and detour was from at that best hour of their day. If you watch that, pay attention to an episode where they go to a gym. They go to a CrossFit gym. I don't remember the name, but they do a heavy day there. And that's it. That's the workout. And it is a coach. Oh, shit. His name was like Juice really or cool something. Name. It yes. was like a really weird name. His <laughs> name was like Juice, I think. Uh, but he coaches them through a heavy day and it's literally just snatch. It's like a seven, seven rep snatch going on Prelopin's chart kind of deal. Um, and they were like, this was the only gym where we got coached, where I, where we felt like we got feedback in terms of like, what's actually going to make us better and not just keep us safe and get us through this hour. Um, so that would, I would be, it would be huge. Uh, coaches out there and gym managers out there to watch that and learn 
get the idea of what that is. Cause if you're not in that zone of conception, then we need to get back to that. Cause that's what coaching is all about. The specific warm up is where you really get to be a coach. If you don't enjoy the specific warm up, then this might not be the line of work for you. Uh, the workout module, really, if you're doing this right, most of your work is done by the workout. This should be like set it and forget it kind of deal. This is a fire and forget missile for the most part. Um, if you've done if you've done your work, if you've gotten up to this point, you're you're just making sure that you're not screwing any part up. <laughs> like like uh, a really good example, just to humble me a little bit, would have been that time at uh, at our previous gym when it was the noon class, and we were just about to get started. I think there were only like two or three people in there, and then literally at the stroke of noon. Uh, five or six people from the local like hardcore ball buster wins every competition gym uh, rolled in the door like a clown car just unloaded outside. So a bunch of these freak beasts who look like meat titans, like a bunch of flank steak piled on top of each other, ready to throw down, came in, dropped in and came into the class. And I came across as a brand new L1 coach because I was super flustered, was not prepared for <laughs> Or the fact that, uh, whoa, what happens if six people show up like right as the class starts? And what do I do? They're all super experienced CrossFitters. They're all, most of them, uh, two or three of them were coaches at the other gym. And uh, yeah, I ended up, what did I do? I, well, I want to give I, some context who you already had there were a couple new people from our gym or new-ish people. So you were like, okay, like we're going to be teaching basics for this workout like I'm going to be giving scaling options. And I was prepared these, for a like, small class athletes came in, in a chill setting. Yeah. And I got my dick punched um, by that. And I, and you know, you need to be prepared for that kind of stuff. And I looked like a schmo. Uh, I think I screwed up the countdown, right? I was like, ready and go. And then the, <laughs> then the, then the clock counted the clock down for 10, 10 seconds. seconds. <laughs> so everyone like started going ham on the <laughs> like, air bike. And then I was like, oh shit, no, just kidding. It's eight, seven, six. <laughs> oh dude, it was so embarrassing. Um, but thankfully one of the coaches was nice enough to uh, like compliment me on my lesson plan afterwards and didn't say under her breath, like, dude, you're a, you're a putz. So anyway, that don't screw up. The, the workout is mostly about not screwing up. And, uh, and about watching people, uh, during that workout. Now, one of the things that there's, there's some factors in there that we need to cover in the coach's basic course and talking about like, you know, uh, the biggest one is not freezing up. Uh, triage is a really big concept that comes into play in the workout in terms of, um, maybe not necessarily the actual act of going through triage, but the, uh, the, not taking too long at any one particular person. So what can end up happening in the workout is there's so much stuff going on that you just sort of like defocus and just end up standing there staring at someone moving for a while or you start thinking about something different. What you need to have is in your head a countdown timer that's about five seconds long. So you're over at Susie watching her move. Five, four, three, two, one, move to Tim. Five, four, three, two, one, move to David. And you need to be moving around that gym continuously, assessing movement, trying to give, trying to give improvement. But at the same time, you know, you want to make sure that they're having a good time. As long as they're moving safely, and uh, and things are going well, 
Um, you don't have to be a huge asshole during this during this part. They do a really great job as they do with everything at the L1 seminar when you do the um, the medicine ball clean and uh, ab mat sit up uh, workout. They encourage the people who are coaching each other in that segment to um, you know give coaching cues. This is their kind of first taste at the L1 seminar of giving cues to each other. And one of the things that they do really well there is they say is that pendulum swing concept that Chuck Carswell has a great YouTube video on that he explains so, so well in the way that only Chuck Carswell can. <laughs> Chanel will relate that I have a slight crush on Chuck Carswell. Um, oh, but yes. <laughs> you know Dark what I'm talking about. Me. Yeah, don't say Tech that. Answer. He could listen. <laughs> he, he might. No, he won't listen to this, but yeah, someone else might. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, so what they do is they say, you know, hey, look, assess. Is the athlete moving really well? Are they checking all the blocks? Points of performance happening well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Tell them to go faster, right? Speed them up until something starts to go wonky and then correct. You know, it's that push the athlete to go faster until the form starts to break down and then say, hey, stay at the same speed you're going, but fix this. And then once they fix it, say, great, that's awesome. Go faster. And you keep going until you have to slow them down. That's that. That's one of the problems that a lot of coaches face is how to coach really good athletes, the best movers in your gym. The el- move faster to leave us up. Yeah, the elite. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy, and they give you the answer right there at the L one seminar. Like it seems like this fucking Rubik's cube that is impossible to solve. You just flabbergasted, and even me in many circumstances, I'm like, uh, shit, this guy's moving really well. I don't, well, just go past him. No, make them go faster, get them their PR for that day until they the wheels start coming off. And then, guess what? Now you got something to correct, right? That's the whole, that's the whole point of that pendulum swing. That's the workout cool down. What's a cool down exactly? Don't see it a lot in a lot of gyms. A lot of times it's like the workout's done, everyone's flopped over, sweat angel on the floor, and then it's that's it. Well, especially if it's that bias program and strength you have, bias program. You're, yeah, you're for trying sure. to fit weightlifting and a Metcon. There's no time. You're like lucky you're if you finish on, on time. Dot. Yeah. Most classes finish overtime, which you know is a whole night another nightmare to talk about when we're talking about most gyms having a 4:30, 5:30, and 6:30 class stacked on top of each other. And you got a bunch of clients waiting, standing around in the back who, you know, they might have fun watching people a little bit, but damn it, they want their class to start on time. Um, Yeah, your workout should not be ending at 59 minutes and 30 seconds. You know, you should have a cool down planned. Uh, This is a great way to, again, this, this is one of those things where this is where your people in your gym make friends with other people in the gym and they make friends with you. Right, because it's the time when we can take the business out of it a little bit, and we can relax and you know develop relationships with people. And so, if you're not doing cool downs in your programming, there's a problem. So that's in there. And then we finish up the course, the coach's basic course, with the CrossFit online scaling course. Uh, CrossFit just recently went through, and uh, I think in large part to, I think they were going to do it anyway, but in large part to the. Um, pandemic going on they have gone through and um revamped all of their uh online classes so they've improved them they've added 
really high quality video. If any of you have taken the online programming course, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of really good stuff in there, but they went back and they improved the like spot the flaw course and this, the online scaling course as well. So if you bought it, the good news is, you know, I bought all these a long time ago and they, I, I have the improved versions now. So you didn't, you don't have to pay for it again or anything like that. It's, it's free for you if you've already bought it. Uh, so we take them through the online scaling course there at the end. And that I think is just super duper important because I, I'll tell you, that's probably one of the first indicators of whether a coach has experience in actually personal training people or dealing with situations. It's one of those things you can't lie about, you can't hide, is your ability to on the fly assess where a person's at, what their experience is, what the stimulus is for the workout today, what the movements are, and adapt them to all of those factors all at once to come up with not only that, but also what's the scale that they've been using. So are we using the same exact scale every single time or are we changing it up to give them a different um, a variable stimulus? It, it, it's it's a beautifully simple yet complex thing that is scaling. And it's one of those things that it's just hours on of usage and implementation that is really the only way to get good at it. So practicing with it, but that course, that online scaling course does a very good job of letting you understand the nuts and bolts and mechanics of it so that when you actually do it in class, you get more from the practical aspect of it. So, um, yeah, I definitely appreciated that they, uh, they improved the spot, the flaw because the first time I went through that, if you got it wrong and you had to go back through, like it gave you the same flaw every time. And I wasn't, there could be multiple flaws and I wasn't getting it right every time. But now if you go through, it gives you different ones. Yeah. All five or whatever examples are different. So you're still seeing flaws, but they can, change up which ones it is and then talking about in class like really remembering what the stimulus is because if it's a pull-up and you're scaling somebody for scaling um you know like whether you give them a negative pull-up or a jumping pull-up or a ring row really depends on like do they need to make this quick is this supposed to be something really fast maybe jumping is better than a negative or is it low reps and they can take their time maybe a, a negative would give them a better result than a jumping or a rowing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and then knowing too, like, especially when it's an injury, what will end up happening a lot of the times is people will do the same exact scale over and over and over again. We're dealing with that right now where we've got a couple of people online uh, who have knee injuries and um, you know, they're amazing people and they're, they're super friendly and get it. So it's really easy. Um, but what'll happen a lot of times without people even knowing is they'll just go to the same scale every single time. Oh, well, my doctor says I can't lunge, so I'll do whatever weighted good morning or something. And then they'll do, then that's not a bad thing. That's an awesome movement, but what they'll do is the same. They'll do weighted good mornings every single time, uh, squats are programmed and it's a lazy and easy thing to fall into as a coach. When you have a bunch of people to manage in a situation be like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You, you do your way. Good morning. cool. Next on to the next person. And then check that block. Wrong answer. You know, it needs to be different every single time, not every single time, but it needs to be different. Do they need to a of get a constantly varied stimulus? Exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah. All right, everybody, we are finished with the, uh, coach's basic course. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to talk a little bit about the level two prep course. All right, guys. 
And we'll see you back here in just a second. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triple C Podcast. We're talking now about the Level 2 Prep Course. So the Coach's Basic Course that we just finished up with, the implementation for that, the purpose was for new hires or for coaches that we have who have under 50 contact hours, so like 50 classes that they've run. Um, and also what we're probably going to end up putting it in there for is for coaches who have a level one that is about to expire or something like that. Uh, it's really just a refresher. Again, this is not meant to like, you know, put huge hurdles up for people. It's about making the team better and just raising that level of excellence for, for the entire team so that we can make sure that we're not just delivering amazing personalities because every coach who anyone who wants to be a coach generally has a pretty good personality that they're trying to bring to the table, but is also bringing that level of professionalism and excellence in terms of delivering really high quality coaching to people. Um, but the level two prep course um, is designed for a couple of things that we're now implementing it for. So really, obviously, as it, the name implies, the original intent is to prep a coach for going to their level two seminar. And I think this is a fundamental philosophical point to note on here is I believe that if you are a professional coach at a professional gym, you should be constantly pursuing the betterment of your career, which means there's no such thing as a level one coach who's just happy and satisfied being an L1 for the rest of their life. Uh, you should be trying to pursue your level two or be in the process of it uh, the second you are done with your level one. Um, that's, you know, different personalities, different mindsets, different opinions on that for sure. Uh, I'm coming from the mindset of a professional coach who wants to do this full time, give absolutely everything uh, to their clients and live this lifestyle and make this their full-time gig with nothing else on the side. Uh, that's, you know, a, a pursuit of, you know, total immersement and professionalism uh, on that note. And if you're going to devote yourself to CrossFit, then you might as well go ahead and, you know, check those blocks, get to those things and pursue that next level. So, the L2 prep course is there meant to be utilized by the coaches who have finished the L1 and are now in the coaching pool. But we're also going to be having coaches who want to teach elements be put in there. This is an interesting one and some long conversations that went into putting this into effect. And a lot of it went into, again, pulling from my experience, the, the amazing, um, very informative uh, experience from getting to do a couple of HQ uh, seminar staff internships. And when I got to ask questions of many of those uh, amazing seminar staff coaches who set the standard for all of us to follow, uh, one of the most common responses I got back from the question of, hey, what did you do? What was like the most beneficial thing that you did that prepared you to get selected here, to get onto staff. And one of the most common answers that I got was running the elements class at my gym, running the elements program. 
being the person, the coach who is selected or trusted with the uh, on-ramping, whatever you want to call it, elements, foundations, fundamentals, getting new clients into the gym and getting them prepared for group classes and personal training. That was the number one answer. Uh, and I've heard from many uh, podcasts and other sources of really good trainers, gym owners, people who take this seriously or are very successful at it. I think uh, Best Hour of Their Day, Chasing Excellence, all these wonderful podcasts that we should all be listening to. I think all of them, to some effect, have said that their ele- the Elements program is easily one of the most, if not the most important program that you run at your gym. And if it's the most important program at your gym, you should have your most elite and most competent coaches being the ones who are teaching that process. That should not be the place where your brand new coaches are cutting their teeth um, at all. It should be only the very, very best because these are, this is the situation, this is the gateway to your community. This is where new clients are coming in and this is their first impression of your gym. So why would you put your brand new rookie coach in charge of um, essentially creating your tribe? So what we're going to be doing here is having it where uh, a coach here at our facility uh, can make a, a good bit of extra income by running elements classes. It's a lot of responsibility, but it is a, a good bit of extra income. Uh, we're going to make sure that they are validated for that by going through this L2 prep course. Um, you know, it, it, we're, we're not at the point where we can require that all the coaches who teach elements have their L2 uh, yet. I'm sure that will be something that comes down the road, but right now the prep course is something that I've thrown together. It's free for coaches and will only make them better. And so requiring them to go through that isn't too much of an ask. So the, the course begins with the online spot, the flaw course. So as Chanel was talking about earlier, they've updated it, which is really, really nice. I remember when I was going through it a bajillion times, uh, getting ready for some of my internships or my L3 to sit for that. Uh, I noticed that it was horrific to try to use on my phone and other kinds of platforms like that, but they've fixed that now. So it's quite a bit better. Uh, the online judges course is on there, you know, just in case most many people have, have taken that, but that's just another really good, uh, opportunity to see in, uh, identify movement is that online judges course and super cheap. So why not? Uh, I created a worksheet, um, preparing for your L2. So again, I, I mentioned earlier for the coach's basic course that I had gone through in preparations for my internships or my L3, both, uh, gone through the bowels of YouTube and found, I think every single YouTube video that has Greg Glassman in it, uh, that's in its own folder. And then uh, any video that exists out there that has a seminar staff person doing anything. Uh, and those are um, segregated into, I think I have them into two columns, which is uh, seminar staff movement, which is small group work. And then a lecture, which is any of the stuff that's up on the box or in front of the whiteboard. And so a lot of the stuff in this preparing for your L2 module 
this first one that you're going to go through is all of the ones that were the like lectures. So it's got a lot of the, um, they've got the programming lecture, they've got the nutrition lecture, they have um, the stimulus, the heavy day uh, lecture is in there. Um, so a lot of those ones, and then there's a lot of cool old ones of like Nicole and some of these other ones back when it was what the coaches prep course. And they're talking about, um, you know, the six, uh, elements of effective coaching, you know, teaching, seeing, correcting group management, um, presence and attitude and demonstration, that kind of stuff. And then, um, there's some really interesting ones that I've just found recently, which are talking about some of the eight elements or eight, uh, common factors of, uh, functional movements, you know, like, um, core to extremity movement, midline stabilization. There's some videos in there. So all that stuff is in that. And then we systematically go through a module for each of the nine foundational movements. And here's where I think the meat and potatoes of preparing for your level two comes in. And this is where we're going through the air squat down through the medicine ball clean. And, um, Each one of these is broken up into three components, crawl, walk, and run. Crawl is, I think the very first step in every single one of those modules is memorizing the points of performance. If the movement has progressions, you're memorizing the progressions. Um, God forbid you show up to an internship or anything like that, anything around a seminar staff member and not know the progressions uh, to one of the movements, uh, you will pay dearly for it. Uh, that's in there. And then also there is every single one of the seminar staff uh, movement small group uh, sections that had to deal with that, whether it be the air squat, the front squat, the push press, blah, 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 blah. So you get to see a myriad of some of the best coaches in the world uh, coaching their small groups in the level one seminar through these movements, uh, which we can beg, borrow, and steal from. So there is that. And then in the uh, walk phase, uh, I put in just some things that I thought were super helpful for me in sitting for my L3 and for the internship, which was flashcards, you know, just stealing from uh, my role model, Chanel, <laughs> my wife is in the medical field a whole lot. And the, the medical field, anybody out there who has done that knows that flashcards are a ancient and yet insanely effective tool that you really just can't get around. You can invent all the fucking apps that you want or weird little things out there, but in the end, flashcards just work. That's plain and simple. So uh, making flashcards for all of the uh, faults and corrections for the movement and the points of performance of the movement. And then um, I think in the walk phase, you're also, for most of the movements, what you're doing is you're creating a script. I tried that for a little while. I think it worked well. You'll outgrow it really quickly. A script, generally, what I did there is I stole from, I used to do um, nerd alert uh, forensics in high school, which (laughs) the year was always split in half between debate and forensics. Half the year was debate and half the year was forensics. Yeah. Nerd. I had long hair. Chanel can uh, take a picture of it. Um, but what forensics was, was sort of like, it was like competitive acting is what it sort of was. There was a bunch of fields where you would take a, a passage from a book or a piece from a play or a movie. And it would be specific time, like five to eight minutes or something like that. You would memorize this and then you would act it out in, in, in a class and a judge would kind of grade you on your ability there. 
And so I stole from that and said, this is what, you know, you're going to do for this movement. So Chanel, you're preparing for your level two. One of the walk parts for the air squad is going to be create a script for you to teach a group of one to eight athletes, the air squat, and practice it to the point where you can complete it in 15 minutes or less, right? So we give a little fudge factor. We don't make it super strict, uh, make it a little longer than what you might need. And then uh, the run phase that comes up next is progressive in terms of now what we're doing is we're going from you practicing on your own to now what you're going to do is teach a head coach. The first run uh, component is going to be get a head coach, your mentor probably, and teach them the air squat in 15 minutes or less. Then you're going to get a group of coaches. So, hey, coaches hanging out around the water cooler, gather around. Intern Betty over here is going to teach us the air squat in 15 minutes or less. You're going to do a small group circle. And then the run phase is going to be uh, members from the gym. So we're after the, you know, uh, noon class. People are hanging out, chilling, having a good time. If people aren't hanging out in your gym after classes and between classes, then you don't have a good gym. Uh, You grab random athletes. Hey, can we borrow you for 10 minutes? Susie needs to practice, right? So we're going to throw together some random ass athletes and you're going to teach them the air squat in 15 minutes or less. And the head coach or your mentor is going to evaluate you on your ability to do that. And again, this is just about making you better. And the only way to do it is doing it and doing it live (laughs) and doing it live. So that's, we're going to do that for all nine of those movements. Every single one of those has a crawl, walk, and run phase, and they all follow pretty much the same deal. I tried to base the timing off of, you know, the way that it's done in small group circles with a little bit of fudge factor. They need to do it a little bit faster. Uh, We don't need to do it as fast. So there's no reason to add that extra pressure. And I'll tell you, if you practice this enough times, if you went through that crawl, walk, run phase with each of these, because what's going to happen is I'm talking to Chanel across from me right now because her, when's your L1 scheduled for? You're doing it at CrossFit 810, Joe DeGaines Gym. L2, not L1. L2, I'm sorry. You're the L2, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, CrossFit 810 over in D-Town. I think it's in Flint. Either in in May or September. May or September because the pandemic is causing us to reschedule shit. So it's supposed to be in April. It was supposed to be in April. Now it's going to be later. And she's going to to DeGaines gym and she's Actually, gonna this weekend. Be doing, it would, it would have been this weekend. <laughs> right. So if you practiced ahead of time and you got to a point where you could take where you've drilled a random group of athletes in our gym and taught them the air squat in under time limit, under evaluation from somebody else, and you walk into your L2 and they pull air squat on you, you're going to crush it. You're going to smoke it. And because I'll tell you, the L2 is a very weird beast where if you don't go in, I took mine, full disclosure, I took mine completely unprepared. I was just having fun. I had (laughs) Chanel, you were in Iraq and I was. Yeah, Grant went from like, what's CrossFit? I did it for a week. Let's take my L1. I did it for a week. Let's take my L2. I did it for a year. Let's do my L3. I did it for a year. Let's take an internship. That's before, yeah. (laughs) Which is like his internship was like people's normal like L2 time that they would take their right. L2. <laughs> well, that has been my, uh, it has been a benefit and a curse at the same time where I have, you know, been gifted at teaching, but not in experience. 
And so what I've been doing a lot of my professional time has been trying to get the experience to catch up with my teaching. So I've been able to ride a lot on just teaching ability without the experience. But I'll tell you, like, like I said at the beginning, uh, the, they've got that shit figured out at the CrossFit Seminar Staff Internship. If you don't have the experience, they will tell immediately. Their way of assessing you is foolproof. Uh, you can't you can't freaking fake it in front of them. They will they will find out whether you They're actually like, cool. know your shit or not. You know the material and you can talk and you can teach, but yeah. you haven't done this long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I have the an immeasurable amount of respect for them is because I have been able to fake it through a whole lot of processes. It, you know, talented talented charismatic people out there know what I'm talking about. You can kind of dance through a whole lot of things, but you actually get into an organization or you try to get into someplace that actually knows what they're doing and, uh, they, you, you get found out real quick. So, um, yeah, and lessons learned getting better. So that's what it's all about. So here with these movements, we're going to go through all of that stuff. And what that's going to do is it's going to set somebody up to do exactly the opposite of what I did. Walk into their L2, being extremely ready to rock and roll, having practiced all this stuff and confident. And it's not about, you know, being overly ridiculous about preparing for this thing. What I really feel it's going to do for anybody is if you're dropping that $1,000 on the L2, what you don't want to be is so damn nervous that you're shitting yourself the entire time, which a lot of the other coaches there in that evaluation are because you're being asked on the spot, hey, Tim, you're teaching the push press uh, to a bunch of other people who own boxes. You're not teaching them to a bunch of Joe Schmoes off the street that we uh, asked to come in here. You're teaching them to a bunch of seasoned veterans of CrossFit who all own their own gyms mostly. vast majority of your L2 class is going to be box owners. And, uh, they've been there and done that, but here's the weird thing. They're all nervous because <laughs> they all know that exact same thing is happening and they're going to be called out on the spot too. So, uh, I think the L2 staff has done a phenomenal job of moving that test to online and trying to make the focus of the L2 seminar more on developing your coaching and getting feedback on your coaching, which is really what it's all about. And this, this element of practice that we're going over in this L2 prep course is for that. It's really just to get you a level of competence under your belt so that you can fucking relax. You're, gonna, you're still going to be nervous. It doesn't matter how much we prepare you for it. But it gives you a chance to just relax a little bit. And when your mind relaxes a little bit, you'll take in and retain way more information. So that's the goal is to get you way more from your L2 by just sending you in just a little bit more prepared so that it is not such a sledgehammer to the nuts that uh, it can be. Um, and that's it. There's there's a video there at the end that's super important, but I don't know what the link means. Uh, it says watch multiple times and understand. Uh, and then flashcards to memorize. I think it would be very helpful for people to walk into their L2 having memorized the six foundations of effective training. That's that, you know, teaching, seeing, correcting, group management, presence and attitude and demonstration. And then the eight common themes of functional movements, as well as a brief description and definition for each one. You know, that's more of an L3 thing. You know, you should definitely, if you're going to sit for your L3, you should be able to ramble that stuff off verbatim. Uh, or write it down immediately as you sit for that test on your scratch piece of paper. 
Um, but uh, it doesn't hurt to have it walking into your L2. So that, oh, oh, and the last piece that we go through is the online programming course. That's it. The online programming course, I think that's one of the newest ones other than that, you know, they just came out with the dumbbell one, which is, you know, not in the same category. I still need to get that. I want to get that. It's all their, all the online courses, the CrossFit authors are awesome and they're way, way worth the money. They're super cheap for the continuing education credits that they get you. Um, they're worth it. Just buy all of them, uh, do it. And, uh, the programming course is a really, really good one. I think that's an interesting point. That could be a whole separate podcast in and of itself, not going down that rabbit hole, but one of the downfalls that some of the gyms now that, you know, subscribe to outsourcing their programming face is that, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like being a coach walking around on crutches all the time or with a leg cast on for some reason, like, uh, you get a programming lecture at your L1. You get a programming lecture at your L2. So what does it say if your job, your day-to-day -day existence is a coach in a gym, you don't do any programming. You're literally just picking up a lesson plan every time and reading or coaching from that. Ugh, right? I, it takes some, if you're beginning paid by the hour, yeah, I get it. I, you know, because like if you're like Chanel, and you spend three hours uh, practicing and developing a lesson plan for a one-hour class, and she's only paid for one hour, I get that. That doesn't make any damn sense in terms of economics, right? That's a shit deal. And she's not, she ain't going to stick around at your gym for very long if you're only paying her by the hour. Um, but there's something to be said for being a coach and teaching a lesson plan every day. And coaching is, I'm sorry, programming is part of your certification, part of your professionalism, but you never do it. Right. That'd be weird. It would be like, I don't know. We'll insert, insert analogy here. That makes a lot of sense, but uh, I think you're missing something. I think you're, um, you're wearing a cast as, um, Katie Bowman would say, <laughs> got it. Good pulling uh, names out of the ether. Uh, that I need in a second. Um, I don't know. Like if you have a couple coaches and they each are doing their own programming, there could not be enough. Like, Oh, I totally get that. Yeah. If you're a gym manager and you but, want, I mean, if you have one person doing the, like writing the workout for the week, so there's continuity, but like each coach that's coaching can come up with their own warm up and cool down and specific warm up and all that. That's and a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I was, I should have openly admitted that <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing out a problem with no solution because <laughs> I definitely get it. Like if you're a gym owner and you've got six coaches, you definitely don't want each of those six coaches making their own damn workout. Now I will tell you, if we go to like old school, like the heart of CrossFit, right? And listening to Ben Bergeron or Glassman or any of these people, the reality is, is that you, sh there should only be one coach per like 150 clients in your gym. So it's like, if you have six coaches at a facility, do you, what's the math on that? <laughs> do, you have, do you have 150 times six members at your gym? Unless you're CrossFit South Brooklyn or whatever Osario's gym is, I don't think you do. Uh, so my initial gut reaction would be, you have too many damn coaches. So cut that shit back and do more work on your own. Um, and, and get to know your people more. 
uh, it's, but you know, you can't always say that there's a lot of gyms out there that have a lot of coaches. And I think that's unfortunately a problem that you're going to face is you're going to have to put a cast on those coaches by telling them, Hey, this is McDonald's and here's the instruction manual for making a hamburger. It needs to be done exactly this way because there's a shitload of you and every customer expects the exact McDonald's cheeseburger every single time. So you're going to do it this way. <sighs> Tough, right? I don't know. That's that's an old school, new school clash because the old school was, you know, it's just one dude or a lady owning that box and coaching until they're so overwhelmed and burned out that they have to hire another coach, but they're reluctant to do so because, you know, they don't trust anybody else to do it the way they do it. And then, uh, or, you know, the original CrossFit gym where you got, you know, Nicole and some of these other people who are individual, like personal trainers running their own shows all with under one roof. So <laughs> Chanel just passed me the card that says you're ranting and I agree I am. So there's no point to this. We just finished the uh, coach's basic course and the level two course. Hey, these are programs that uh, I've kind of developed, not necessarily in a vacuum, bouncing them off some really knowledgeable people. And we're implementing them at our facility that we're at to make our coaches better, make our team stronger and um, give make our overall product uh, a better one. So please give me your feedback in terms of what you're doing at your gym or what um, your, uh, your facility is doing that might be better. If you think my idea is stupid and you've got a better one, that's great. Let me know about it. Um, so give us some... Um, Give us some feedback. All right, guys. So this is a Triple C podcast. That's coaches coaching coaches. And I, <laughs> yeah, don't say it too much or else it gets annoying. Uh, have a good rest of your evening. I hope you enjoyed this and got some tangible takeaways. Have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the United by Strength podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the information that we were able to put out today. Please take from it what you want and leave what you don't. If you have feedback for us, please send it to unitedbystrengthpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps people find the podcast and allows us to grow our base of listeners. Thank you.